Welcome into this week's edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast, talking a little bit different kind of weather today, fishing and weather. And I've got Captain Jimmy Lee Armel here with us today. He is a local nose of the waters off the coast and inland very well. Jimmy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Andrew. How are you, brother? Doing good. You know, it's one of the uh, coldest days we've had all year. This is going to go down as a top five cold day of 2023. I know we're bundled up, but how does it affect fishing when you have one of those first really true fall cold fronts so it really starts getting things fired up there's there's a drop in the temperature things are moving migrations are happening uh fish are wanting to to fatten up for the winter the ones that stay resident so it's basically a feeding frenzy uh so starting off on the inshore right now especially if you're going out with live bait you can pretty much close your eyes spin in a circle throw a popping cork with a shrimp on it and you're going to catch a redfish okay Trout bite's been a little bit slower, but still good. Um, but those reds right now, you just you, there's really nothing you can do wrong. Artificial, live, I mean, just go out there and have a blast at it. So it's a little different than, say, for deer hunters that, you know, whenever it gets cold, sometimes deer will bed down, kind of just hang out and chill for a little bit, maybe wait for the daytime for it to warm up. But fish, they're just like looking for energy. Yeah, now if there is a sudden drop in the actual water temperature, you know, that will give them, you know, what we refer to as lockjaw. You know, they won't want to eat because, you know, you, you really get into the, um, the my, my take on it is you get into calorie intake, right? Mm-hmm. It's about a profit. You want to profit calories. So it's, you know, I always equate it to if we, if you have two steak buffets to choose from and the same quality steak, mm-hmm. are you going to go to the one where you got to walk 200 feet to the bar to get a steak? Or are you going to walk go to the one where you have to walk 25 feet? Yeah. We're going to go the 25 feet, one, sure. right? Common sure. sense. So it's kind of the same thing. And then it's, you know, if the water gets too hot, it's like in a hot tub. You don't want to eat a cheeseburger when you're in a hot tub, right? That's true. And if you're out, if you're out in the freezing cold and you're actually in the cold before you come in, you're not going to want to stand out there and eat. You're concentrating on being warm, you know, moving around, just hunkering down, just, just stand as warm as you can. Right. Uh, so th- those extremes are kind of like us in extreme situations. You're not going to want to eat, but just those those slow drops. And then, like I said, uh, the air temperature, when it drops, it's game on. Yeah. So it's a path of least resistance, huh? Yes. And you know, some science behind it, obviously water molecules take more energy to change a degree. So that's why on humid days, we don't fluctuate our lows and highs that much, but you take that and you put it into water. We might have, you know, a huge cold front where we drop 20, 30 degrees in 24 hours, but the water itself is not going to do that. It's more of a gradual process because it takes more energy to do that. So uh, less jumps there, but do you see that top water might be better for that? Because the top of the water could have a bigger change quicker versus, you know, going down 40 or 50 feet where it's a little bit more consistent. Yes. Uh, and, and it's on, on the inshore side of things. What, what we'll do is as it gets colder, you know, I, I like, I like going after bigger trout as it mm-hmm. gets colder. Uh, so what we'll do is you, you'll find like a bend in a Creek. Uh, and a lot of time those bins will have like deep holes. So you'll find these deep holes and you'll work the bottom. And if you're doing an artificial or a live, you just work it slow. Mm-hmm. When you think you're going too slow, go a little slower. There you go. <laughs> Good advice there. So what has the bite been like this fall? I know we're, you know, getting into that transition point where uh, coming up right before Christmas, we go into winter officially, but for this fall specifically, has it been good for reds, cobias? What's out there right now? Well, late late summer into early fall, that that cobia bite was just—I mean, it was ridiculous. I I, I was blessed enough to to stumble upon some, um, and they they had they've had the same pattern in the late summer into the fall, the last 
this was the third year in a row. Um, so it was nearly like clockwork the last three years. It was like, I know I can go here, you know, in these conditions and I'm going to catch at least one keeper Cobia or just have a fair shot. You know, you're, you'll catch five or six throwbacks, yeah. um, but you have a fair shot. Then you go to the, you know, another place and all different water depths. I mean, I was catching them from 45 feet to uh, about 90 to hundred feet. Um, so you really, it was, it was a really good bite. The bottom bite was really good. The grouper, obviously a snapper there. They always eat. They're always there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, the grouper bite was really, really good. Um, actually one of my last times out, we were dragging the lip divers trying to find a kingfish, but the snapper and grouper were so fired up in 75 feet of water. That's what we were catching trolling. Wow. Yeah. So they were coming. Um, we caught a snapper. We were in, uh, we, it was only, the plug was 10 feet below the surface. So this fish came up over 50 feet off the bottom, which mm -hmm. is not a very natural thing for a bottom fish. I mean, he just came up and just smashed the plug. So they were ready to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. They've been, they've been very, very, very fired up. Um, and, and as far as like the trolling bite goes, you know, there was a big kingfish tournament out of Hilton Head, uh, 80,000 to win. And um, a local team won that. Another veteran, actually, okay, cool. Nick of Big Fish Charters, they teamed up with, I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, it's like it's right. Kryptonite or something. I met him, real cool dude. Uh, but that was really neat. Um, now, uh, they, they uh, I know they cover a lot of water. I, I'm not sure, you know, which waters they caught him in, but they, they caught a giant. It was a, I think it was a 46 pound kingfish. Wow. Complete giant, yeah. Yeah. And usually with those lip plugs too, like they, you know, you're going for barracudas or, or kingfish. You're not expecting a grouper or a snapper. No, you know, that's something like, you know, they'll, they'll do that around the keys. They'll troll these little, little plugs for, um, for snapper and grouper on the patch reefs. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, but you know, they're closer to the bottom and you're much shallower. It's right. a different ball game. You're not, when we're doing it, heck no, we are not expecting that at all. Yeah. Cause you got a lot more water to deal with here. Vertically speaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, our our grouper aren't in 10, 15 feet of water. Like they have them in the South. No, they're just <laughs> sitting there and in, in their bath water down there, just, you know, living it up. That's where grouper go to retire. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the dream. So this time of the year, typically too, cause we've gone fishing a few times. It seems like this is, you know, you're usually busy in the summer. So when it slows down, we get some time to hang out and go fishing we are typically going for a couple things, either kingfish or last year we got, or two years ago, we got into some nice barracuda. Is that still the norm? Yeah. If you go out around the towers and stuff, and I think you're talking about our top water day. That was, a, that was something. Yeah. We actually, that there's a, a couple of shorts and maybe a full video, I think on YouTube, on the, on the American fishing charters page that shows that day we were out. Uh, but yeah, man, you go out around those towers right now. I mean, you got to see it firsthand. You start throwing a top water around, you're going to get, a barracuda an amberjack you still might get a cobia mm -hmm. um you get get kingfish we've got kingfish doing it you, you just don't know what you're going to catch with it but those cuda as you got to see put on a show and then on those little trout rods you just you can't beat it it makes it more fun it's you know the trout rods are a little uh you know more lightweight i guess yeah. so when you get a bigger fish on there it makes for a tougher feeling fight oh without a doubt so much fun um and if you remember you know there'd be a school of fish behind them chasing the top water mm -hmm. fighting over it i mean it's it's just re it's a really cool thing to watch you know it, it can it can wear you out throwing a plug all day um but especially if you you know if you're an experienced angler and you got some friends on the boat um you know it's a very very visual fish bite you know you can take people out there and you know god forbid 
forbid you don't catch a fish, but if you can just get them chasing that lure, I mean, it's just insane just to watch. I mean, my, I say it all the time. My favorite thing about fishing, I think, um, is uh, watching the fish eat. Yeah. Like when you can watch a fish just crush a bait, whether it's a live bait, a plug. I mean, there, there's nothing like it. I mean, I'm getting getting a little fired up. Getting all about excited. <laughs> well, and, and some of these topwaters too, we're talking about you could throw a, a bass topwater bait out there and it would probably even go that far to, to chase that, which is crazy. You don't oh, have yeah. to even go toward these fancier saltwater baits. They no, just, they, I'm glad you just said that. So, and um, I get these things, sorry to interrupt you. Oh, I you're just fine. remembered this. Uh, Berkeley makes a thing called a chopper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a walk the dog technique you use, right? So you're like reeling and popping and reeling and popping. Um, and if you're not as experienced, like I said, it can get tiring and it can be a pain. It can be frustrating. Uh, these things, it's a Berkeley chopper. You can get them at Palmetto State Armory here in Savannah. You throw it out there and you just reel it. You just reel it, it in. It takes and out it the works technique. Huh? Oh, it just creates this splash and these clapping. And I mean, the fish just smash it. So you just throw it out, reel it in. You just control the speed so you're not, you know, yanking with your right hand, you know, trying to pat your head and rub your tummy type Right. Thing. But also, if you're going to be doing that for an extended period of time, it saves some energy. Oh, you know? it's, it saves energy. It's just like we were talking about the fish, you know, yeah. the calorie intake and, and outtake. And then, uh, you know, if you're like, if you're like me, uh, I'm young, but my, my body's got high miles, you know, I'm, I'm a late model high miles, you know, to, from, from my days in Ranger Battalion. So yeah. it's like anything I can do to sh- save the shoulder a little bit, we do. <laughs> yeah. So if you can get a bait that'll do the work for you, you might as well, if it's not going to affect the bite. So that's crazy. And, you know, it is, it's kind of a haul to get out to that area specifically. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go all the way to the towers, there's an old, what is that? A Navy radio tower. Yeah. That's, I think it acted as a communication repeater before SATCOMs. Um, I think don't quote me on that. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely a Navy tower. Um, but I think, like I said, I think it was a repeater to talk from land to the ships. Yeah. And that area is pretty cool too, because, um, we don't have any direction in the podcast today. We're just, you know, swapping stories, but you get out that far and it's an area where you can also see planes doing some of their training. Right. So what have you seen out there? Oh man, we've, uh, we've been, we've had a couple of, uh, I, I'm, I'm a, this is, this is assumption. I think they go out there to do the training dog fighting right. thing. Um, and you'll be out there, and it's funny. We had a boat full of guys one day of uh, all combat vets, all rangers, all. You know, I think the lowest amount of deployments on the boat was five. Um, Experienced dudes. Yeah, that have all been in, in, in some gunfights. And one of them, we didn't see the planer hear it, and all, and it broke the sound barriers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're all, like, kind of ducking for a second and then start laughing. They were like, what was that? I said, oh, breaking the sound barrier. It's America. And they, yeah, America. <laughs> That's dude. what it was. It was America. But it was really cool because then they did this low-flying cross pattern. Um, mm-hmm. And when I say low, they were still pretty high. But for us, I mean, you could you could you could see the pilot. Yeah, and you know they crossed each other, banking real hard. It, it was really cool. We saw we've seen the one sixtieth on our way in before. You know the in the Chinooks. You know, given as a low fly and a pass, we got that shot on YouTube. That was actually. Uh, I think that was that was on Veterans Day. Actually, they okay. did that. Yeah, yeah, it cool. was pretty cool. They get some crazy stuff out there. We've seen some weird things too. No, no mer people, but we have Not seen yet. we have seen uh, just hammerheads just chilling. We've oh, seen yeah. the uh, man of war, sea turtles. You know, all these things that it's like if you're going to go to a beach shop on Tybee and it's printed on a T-shirt. We've seen yeah, it. Yeah, that's, We've seen it out yes, there. Yes, that, it, it's it's pretty cool. I like that. I, I like that comparison. Yeah, if you've seen it on a beach shirt or uh, out on Tyvee, we've seen it. That's for sure. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you can, and then uh, what else have we seen? You see like a 
jellyfish. You don't see a ton of rays out there. I think they kind of are migratory, but every now and then. Yes, yeah, so I've been coming in before and, and seen a school of, you know, 500 or so rays, if I had to guess, and it looks really cool. They're just all top of the water. Mm-hmm. And then we have those. So something else we have here is, uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet, the giant eagle rays. I've not seen one of those in person. These are like 200-some pounds, and they're spotted. It's just, I think it's called a spotted eagle ray, if I remember right. They are absolutely beautiful, and they jump out of the water. Wow. Yeah. That'll so, knock you unconscious. Uh, we had one back when I had the little boat, the Skeeter, the bay boat. Um, we that, were, the bay boat that you would take well offshore, by the way. About 60 miles. Yeah. 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 Don't recommend don't that. Don't recommend that. <laughs> Let's not do that, folks. Uh, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> but, uh, but we'd be on the, the 22, and we, we hooked one one time in Eagle Ray. It was on one of the little three-hour shark trips just right off the beach. And this thing was pulling drag, we're fighting, we're fighting, he's reeling, and then all of a sudden he kind of was coming toward the boat, and this thing, I mean, he jumped out of the water maybe five feet from the boat, I mean, Mm -hmm. when he landed, it splashed everyone. Yeah. And we were like, that was awesome, and then I was sitting there, I was like, man, that was, that could have been really really bad <laughs> yeah you don't have control over everything i think we like having control over certain things we're not control freaks but we want to manage a situation yeah you can't manage you, that no no i mean you start dealing with wild animals that are bigger than you yeah. i mean that's a that's that's a different ball game there's some respect there i remember one of the episodes of river monsters um i think jeremy wade was out who knows where he was he's been everywhere but he was trying to reel one in and I mean, they just, they're so flat. If you're on top of it, it's like pulling out a plug from the ocean. Like it's so hard to get him up. And I'm pretty sure he like snapped a tendon in his arm yep. or something crazy. I so, remember that. I think it was his, I think it was his bicep. Wasn't yeah. It? I think yeah. he tore his bicep or something crazy. Like you, you don't want to mess around with those, but Jimmy, we're talking about animals bigger than us and the respect that's there. You obviously have a, a passion for, for the white sharks. You know, that's yeah. been something that you say that your eyes light up, but it's not about just their predators. They're amazing. They're cool. Yeah. Kids like them. They're shark week for a reason, but this is something that you kind of turned into um, a passion that is also helpful for the environment and getting to tag your first one. And I remember when I got that call, when you told me you did that, I was out of town and I was like, Jimmy knows I'm out of town. What's he calling about? And you're like, man, I got the first one in. And you just got that data back to not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. We got it back this summer. Um, it's, uh, it was, a uh, about a seven or so foot white shark, uh, uh, male, we named it Chris Wright, a mm-hmm. uh, buddy of mine that was killed in action in Afghanistan in August of 2010. Uh, so that was really special. Uh, it was awesome. We, we tagged it out at the uh, uh, one of the reefs in about 60 foot of water. Um, we got the tag in January 8th and it popped around July 8th. They mm-hmm. have an in, uh, internal tire timer. Our, our, uh, our tags do not stay on the animal forever. It's very important to us. So some of these tags, you can't get them off the animal and it can actually eventually kill them. Um, these are like humane research tags. Very much humane. I mean, the thing is, I mean, it fits in the palm of my hand. And as you know, I do not have normal size hands. I have tiny hands. So yeah. it, it fits, it fits in there and it it goes basically a broad head. It goes into the skin, penetrates, anchors. Then there's a tether 
to the tag itself. Mm -hmm. So after the timer goes off the internal timer, it sends like basically a little electric shock down the tether causing corrosion. And then it breaks free, comes to the surface, transmits for 48, 72 hours, something Mm -hmm. like that, somewhere in that range, up to the satellite of uh, Gray's Fish Tag Research, which is Gray's Taxidermies, uh, the fish mount place out of Lauderdale. That's their nonprofit that's all about conservation. Right. Uh, So it records where everywhere that shark swam, not just point to point where it surfaced, every turn it made. It records the water depth it traveled in and the water temperature it was in. Um, And it actually, uh, ours actually popped off the coast of Massachusetts. So in six months, it went from Savannah, Georgia up to, uh, I believe it was Cape Cod. Yeah, and for those not following along, they tip these white sharks typically are off our coast a little bit more frequently in the winter time, right? So you said you did that in January yep. and then it popped in the summertime. So they go back up to where that cooler water is. Are they trying to stay in a, in a certain temperature range or is that the stuff that we're trying to figure out? I, it's the stuff we're trying to figure out. I mean, you'll see them tagged and pop and videos, you know, more and more people are on the water, right? COVID, mm-hmm. you know, made that happen. Um, so you're seeing more, you know, I'm hearing more out of, out of Florida and the water doesn't get that cold down there. That's true. Um, I've heard about them and, um, you know, seen tags, uh, pinging in South Florida in the summertime. Um, but yes, for the most part, um, and I, I think it's a food migration, you know, they go, they've started going, I mean, they've always gone up North, but you know, with that seal population came back up, up in the Northeast, I forget exactly where, just watched something on that about two months ago. And, you know, that's, what's got them up there down here. They always said it was the right whales. Um, there's not a whole lot of right whales left. Yeah. They're protected or endangered. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, we don't know where they breed, give birth, etc. So, I mean, are they here for that? You know, as far as a food source goes, I don't know, man, we got a lot of big old red fish and big old red snappers. So. Yeah. If I was a shark, I'd want to eat those. I'm a, I'm a human and I want to eat them. I know. So. Right. You know, you got a big, slow swimming fish that swims in schools, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bull red fish, you know, out on the reefs. So, I, I mean, if I was, you know, goes into calories in, calories out, right? right. Now, a couple whips of that tail, you would think, you know, they could crush one or two or sure. injure one or two and eat them at their leisure. So you got that one in and we're getting into that season again. What are your plans going into this white shark time frame? Because it's not a season, but it's just like a time that they're, you know, more commonly off our coast. Yeah. So we're, um, we're, we're uh, getting the boat back from um, Custom Marine in Statesboro here this week. They uh, um, just getting her, her yearly tune up facelift mm-hmm. and uh so we're gonna have the sportsman back out there uh the shark tags um greg of starbright uh starbright cleaning solutions are the, they're the ones that purchase the tags for us uh we surely can't afford it being a non-profit the tags are about six thousand dollars a pop wow. um yeah yeah it's a, it's an expensive game um so we have two lists this year I should have them by the end of this week. So, uh, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise next week. We're going to be out there chasing them. It's it's game time for us. Yeah. Well, so are we hoping that we obviously get another tag in there, you guys in the nonprofit, and then that research will come back what six months later, all that data, and then we can compare and contrast what happened to the first one that you got. Yes. Yes. And then, um, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to do it on the third one or, you know, the ones we get after that, but then we're going to start, the more we get out, we're going to extend the timers. So I think we can go up to like 24 months. So I think we're going to do maybe another six month or two and then go to 12. Um, and you know, hopefully generate some interest in this. It's a beautiful thing. You know, we're, we're helping, um, you know, collect data 
on these uh, on these white sharks, um, which will help save them, uh, mm-hmm. which is important. They're a very important part of our ecosystem. At the same time, we're memorializing, you know, the guys that didn't make it back home in a very unique way. Um, as far as I know, this has never been done. Uh, nobody's ever gone out with a team of all combat wounded guys, you know, and then turned around, uh, one of which, you know, is a triple amputee, Ryan Davis, you know, Ryan, uh, awesome dude, nothing holds him back. He got blown up in Afghanistan in 2019, has, you know, one arm, a left arm and half of his hips gone. Um, and he was out there driving the boat, uh, uh, and then actually held the rod for me while I tagged the shark. Uh, so it's a pretty beautiful thing we have. And, um, after the, the, the second tag, Ryan is going to name, then the third tag that goes out, uh, we're, we're in talks now. We think we're going to name it after, um, some, uh, somebody that took their own life. Okay. Um, you know, it's a, it's a sad thing. It's a different thing than killed in action, right? Because they didn't die overseas. You know, that's a, that's a different thing. That's, uh, and these guys will always be honored and they hold a very special place in our heart. We also believe though. Um, you know, our little group, myself, Ryan, Devin, uh, Eric, just <laughs> you, you know, it's like there's not enough of the uh, we don't talk enough about the, the suicide um, and people, people outside of the normal demographic. Right. Your hardcore military supporters know all about 22 a day. They all know uh-huh. there's a problem. I don't know if the greater American public knows. Um, and it's also not their fault. Uh, you know, this is something that's just not widely, widely talked about. You know, I think it's touched on in certain demographics. But, you know, if, we're, we're, if we start attaching these to, to white sharks, one, it's a beautiful way to remember these apex predators, you know, even if they took their own life. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still an apex predator. They still did amazing things for this country. And I do believe they deserve to be honored. Um, and also it will if we can get this on every device, phone, tablet, TV, in the nation i think it's a beautiful and positive way to honor them while also bringing up a very sad subject that a lot of people like to avoid so i I think it's something that you know if we can get on a shark week or something like that Mm -hmm. in every living room in america you know i think we can we can really help starting to get get that suicide number down right it's it's one of those things it's kind of cliche to say but it's getting that conversation going because i know myself as you know somebody who was never in the military wanted to be but couldn't um you know it's almost like don't know exactly what to say because it's like I didn't live it, so I don't know if I have the you know ability to, to speak about it. But us being friends over the past few years, it's bridging that gap, right? And it's getting out in the media, whether whoever it is that you talk to. It's like the more you get it in there, the more normalized it is that it's okay to talk about, and the more that it's talked about, I feel like then maybe the more resources come up for veterans that then we get that twenty two a day down to 21 a day, 20 a day, eventually obviously be great to get zero, but it's got to start somewhere. And if it's with, you know, white shark fishing, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Andrew, you, you definitely feel free to speak on it and that's what it's all about. Um, you've, you've really had a front row seat to, to a lot of my struggles and stuff. And you've been there for me through a lot and you and, um, um, you led the way on this and then everybody here at WTOC has supported it. You guys have really helped big time getting our stories out there in the community. Um, and it, it, it is, it's a beautiful thing. It is bridging a gap. Um, it's, you know, I think, 
I think the the veteran community, you know, just like everything, everybody, there's stereotypes, you know, and I think a lot of people think we're all a certain way, right? That we all, you know, have our American flag ball cap and our t-shirt and, you know, we're open carry and stuff. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, man. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But what I don't think people realize because of, you know, the national view on things that what we see on tv mm-hmm. etc um i don't think people understand that it's like because uh, we hear all the time you know we'll share our stories about what we've been through in combat like what we call the fun stuff and people will look at as like you just don't seem like you would be into that kind of thing we're like oh yeah i love it so i i think what it is is the more we get these stories out there the more we get guys that have really been been in the stuff so to speak if we could really get them you know sharing more and um it's almost uh it's humanizing them yeah. right because like now people meet us and they're like holy cow i got a i got a i got cousin johnny kind of reminds me of jimmy or you know my 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 boyfriend from high school, man, he looks just like Ryan, kind of talks like him, you yeah. know, uh, it, it just now everybody's making a relation. And then they're like, wait a minute, I know somebody that was having mental health. Holy cow. Like, you know, all these, all maybe the- I should, maybe I should call them, you know, just exactly. Exactly. It's that easy. It's like a little domino effect. And it, I don't yeah. think it's as complicated as we think it is. No, it's a big no. problem though. But I think that there are, there's gotta be a solution out there. It so. is, it is. And then once again, it's just a, it's a scary subject and it's a tough thing, right? Uh, I mean, you're dealing, you know, you're dealing with gunfighters. It's a very unique, <laughs> unique thing. Less than 5% of all deployed soldiers saw direct action combat. And I mean, I'm, I'm not sure which percentage Rangers are. I know it's a very small one, yeah. but you know, you're talking hundreds and hundreds, some guys, a thousand plus missions. I mean, yeah. it's a lot. Right. Uh, and, you know, that's that's whole part of your mission, too, because obviously hearing from Jimmy the past, you know, almost 30 minutes, you could hear how knowledgeable you are of the, the local waters. And first you started that with uh, American Fishing Charters, right? You were out there making money on folks that wanted to catch fish and mm-hmm. you're very good at that. But as of late, you've transitioned out of that more so to focusing more so on the nonprofit, right? So do you want to talk about the nonprofit? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's called Not Lucky, right? And <laughs> yep. it, it's a it's a fun name. Yeah, well, and it's uh, it's actually kind of your fault that it all happened, Andrew. I'll take it. Yeah, man. Um, you had reached out to me about doing a story on charter captains. You were doing a whole thing on outdoor yeah, jobs. One of your mates had sent me a video of something you guys had caught and you're like, Hey, would you, would you put this on the news? Cause I do a fishing forecast, you know, like, like showing what people catch and all that stuff. Cause you know, I'll do Marine forecasts a lot more in the spring, summer when it's warmer and I'll, you know, try to show what people have, you know, what they're catching. Cause I'm not always able to get out there very often. And then that's how the conversation started. And then you were like, you know, Hey, I'm, you know, really appreciate you showing that putting our name out there. I know it's kind of taboo, but I think this would be, you know, an important story to be told if you're willing to listen. And there I was, you know, I met you at the the dock and didn't know what I was getting into. No, no. And you, you ran that story. And after it it ran, it was, I think it ran on a Friday evening. I don't remember it ran and it it took off. Yes, it ran. And I went over because I didn't have it. I don't even, I didn't even have a TV in my house at the time. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, man, I've had a weird life. So I went, no kidding. I, went uh, I went over to my buddy's house and was watching it. And I was like, man, that was awesome. And they were getting ready to take their kids to a hair appointment. Mm-hmm. So we were all getting ready to part ways as soon as it was over. We were, you know, they were being supportive. We all high-fived. I just stood up off the couch, literally just stood up and my phone rang. And it was a guy that was like, 
hey, I'm a veteran, so you, you'll take me fishing for free. And I'm like, well, this is like for, you know, this is for combat vets right now, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't really have resources, but uh, sure, you know, well, let's talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple other calls that night. I went to bed, and I woke up with 297 Facebook notifications. And I was like, oh, Lord. I was like, what just happened? And that's how Not Lucky was born, you know. And um, I got the name, you know, because I had a guy reach out and was just like, do you have a nonprofit? He wanted to give me money. And mm-hmm. I was like, no. no. He's like, you need a nonprofit. I was like, I don't know what that is, dude. Like, I know what the name is. I was like, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing with it. Um, so I, I did. I, I started one. And, um, you know, we needed a name. And it was, uh, I actually had contemplated on changing the name recently. Um, I don't know, self-doubt stuff. We all deal with stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and then Ryan Ryan stepped up and was like, nah, you're not doing that. I said, okay. Uh, but, yes, you sir. know, it's one of those things, like, not lucky. It's like, I don't know how many times, you know, we have heard, and it's not bad. This is not a stab at anybody for saying anything because um, it wasn't malicious. But, you know, you tell them about jumping out of airplanes in the army, getting to shoot these guns, getting to do this training, getting to go to war and do these really cool things, you know, chase the most evil guys in the world. And don't get me wrong. I loved it. And it's a beautiful thing, but at the same time, it takes its toll. Right. And then, you know, my fishing business, not a lot of people know this, but you know, I was, I was physically dependent on booze. Um, people know that, uh, you know, almost died in withdrawals. And then, you know, a couple months, you know, that first year of recovery is really hard. Actually, I relapsed my first year. So I think it was month 11 or something. Uh, but it, it was one of those things to where it was, uh, I was sitting in when I first started running charters, I was sitting in bars every single night, handing out business cards, listening to people. Mm-hmm. Hey, like I'd be on Tybee. People be like, what is it to do around here? I mean, man, I'd be on them. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot, you know, I'd, st- I'd still be shaking. I was just, I was a mess. Uh, but that's, that's how it all started. And then people would say, Hey, you know, you're so lucky you get to do this every day. You know, in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm real lucky. Like literally I was almost dead. I did it. Am I lucky to be alive? Yes. Am I very blessed to be given, you know, the gifts that I've given and the people to surround me to help me that do, of course, but it was just always kind of ironic, you know, hearing about how lucky we are all the time. <laughs> People don't realize the work that went into it. Oh my gosh. No, 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 they don't. Um, and that's okay. You know, it's, uh, uh, and maybe, maybe I probably, I probably worked harder than I should have. I, I'm not sure. It was, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I just, I had to go, go as hard as I possibly could because I made, I've made a lot of mistakes. I still do make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, I learn from them and move on. And that's the thing. You just, you can't, you can't, it's just like, it is, it's just like combat, you know, you get ambushed. It was just objective Berlin. Perfect example, man. We lost a dude named Eric Cario and another dude named Jason, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Dawkey that night, Jason Dawkey. Um, Eric Cario was his first deployment. He ran off the back of first mission, first deployment, ran off the back of the helicopter and immediately got shot. Two minutes or so later, um, and you can watch this on YouTube, History Channel did a thing called Warfighters, and it's called Objective Berlin. Um, so then about two minutes later, uh, Dawkey got, got hit and, and died. Uh, and then our, our platoon went in directly after that. Um, and, you know, that's war. It's what you have to do, but it's a lot like life, right? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, 
you know, especially today, uh, you know, with social media and, and pressure of image and all this crazy stuff, you know, I think we get so focused on the negative and, and we let that stop us, right? You just heard me say self-doubt. I have self-doubt, but it does not stop me from going through that door. Right. You know, <laughs> if it, and if that door is not opening, I'm, I want to blow it open, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's period. That's it. And if you make a mistake, you got to continue mission. You got to keep driving. Right. And, you know, obviously with what you and, and your, your guys have gone through, fishing was that release for you too, right? You know, that's where you kind of could overcome some anxiety, especially whenever you were coming out of, you know, your alcohol withdrawals. Fishing was something that bridged that that gap of something that was missing. So it's kind of, uh, you know, a full circle moment of you're now using that to help other guys that have, you know, or are dealing with PTSD. Yeah. And it's everybody, you know, in, in PTSD, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you said that, uh, said that because, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing. It's something definitely we all have. And that's definitely something that mis is misunderstood. Uh, Miss counselor lady, Ke Kelly Littlefield, who's been my counselor, I don't know, man, six, seven years or something. Keeping her in business. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to, trying to, she keeps me sane. I try to keep her in business. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we, we've, we've said before, you know, there's different kinds of PTSD, right? Um, and we, we're, we're under, we, we think that ours needs renamed because, you know, you have, you know, the kid that went through a divorce, he's got PTSD. Um, you know, people go overseas and, you know, they, a mortar goes off on base and it scares them as it should. It's very, it's a scary thing. And they get PTSD. Um, a lot of the guys I were, and I've worked with those guys and it's not that we will work with, you know, if you're, a, if you're a combat vet, we will help you. If you're a vet and, you know, we will do our best to help you with what resources we have. Uh, but you're dealing with a group of guys who really started to fall apart when their fight was over. You know, we're, we're junkies that can't get our fix and our fix was war. You know, in, in, in units like Ranger Regiment, you're you're deploying every, for three to three to five months and you're home for like six, seven, and then you deploy again. It's constant, constant, constant. Yeah. And when you're doing that all in your 20s and it's and when you find out it's over, what do you do after that? What's your purpose? What purpose bigger than you can do than than serving your God and country, you know, taking the fight to the enemy? That's some pretty serious stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. But you've transitioned well out of it. And I know that not everybody is able to transition back into civilian life, but this is an outlet for a few people and hopefully the nonprofit and, and everything just keeps on growing and growing and more people see it because then you get to do cool things too, like the white, ta the white shark tagging and, and things like that. So I really appreciate, uh, you know, what you've been doing and it's been a, a, a fun ride to see it over the past, what, four or five years yeah. now, whatever it's been. So and next up, you've got a you got a tag waiting to go into another shark that's out there eating right now. Yes, so. sir. Hopefully, we'll have one in next week. All right, Jimmy. We'll keep you updated and keep following their store. If you want to, you know, you know, read up or watch some videos of Jimmy in the past, you can always get that on wtoc.com. And Jimmy will have you on again after you get that next tag out. Sounds good, brother. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's special edition of the First Alert Weather Podcast. We'll talk to you all again here soon. <laughs>